Welcome to Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live here on Giants.com. So glad to be with you for the next 60 minutes. He is Jeff Fiegels. I'm Lance Meadow. 201-939-4513. That is the telephone number. You can also interact with us on Twitter using hashtag GiantsChat. As always, it is presented by Coors Light. So we are now a day away from the beginning of the 2019 preseason, Jeff, they're going to play the Jets tomorrow night at MetLife Stadium. Giants are going to be the home team. And the reason they are playing in week one this year as opposed to week three, which is usually when we start to break down this game, is the Jets and the Giants are actually going to meet in the regular season this year. So Pat Shermer said to avoid having the dress rehearsal game be a duplicate of a regular season oh, game, wow. yeah. they prefer it to be in week number one. It's crazy that they can say something like that and the schedule makers would actually listen to them. Right? You ask and you shall receive. That's, that's impressive. I, it makes a lot of sense when you think about it. Yeah. Um, because, you know, this game tomorrow night, you're not going to see a lot of the starters from each team. But you look at the Jets, a uh, new coaching staff. So certainly you're going to see a lot of new things in, from that organization and a lot with the Giants. I mean, I'm excited to see Daniel Jones play tomorrow night. Um, I don't know how much we'll see of Eli, but um, it's here. Um, and this is kind of the time when players, you get starting to get a little excited now because you kind of, you know, you're out there practicing, you have all the OTAs, all the off season stuff that's going on. Now as a young guy, you have an opportunity to come and play your first NFL football game. And it's going to be a lot of fun for those guys. Veterans, we just wanted to get through it. <laughs> you really do. You just want to get through it healthy and you want to get it one week closer to the regular season. And that's when it all, all starts to begin for you. I'm with you. I think this is a great opportunity to see Daniel Jones in an actual game setting. Also an opportunity to see a guy like Dexter Lawrence, Jeff, who is going to play an integral role on the defensive front yeah, and a young you secondary him. too. Oh, uh, Think about how many rookies they're going to be lining up at corners specifically, and this is going to be also their first test against wide receivers that they're not familiar with. And I think that's the biggest advantage for these young players. It's not so much that they haven't been digesting the playbook. It's not so much that they don't understand the speed of the game. It's the fact that you get tired, Jeff, going up against the same personnel on a daily basis. It's not as if you're not learning, but there's only so much challenge that can be provided by the same wide receiver that's running the same routes. It yeah. becomes predictable. So I think that's why it's so important for the rookies this first preseason game. Get that taste of unpredictability going in a real-life game setting. The other thing that you look at, and because the way that the NFL is set up the landscape, if you will, practices, this is full go now. So there is no, you know, thud and shells and walk through. This is a real big is boy football game tomorrow night where there's going to be hitting. And the guys, a lot of them are looking forward to that because you really can't do this type of hitting in a controlled environment in the practices the way that they are these days. So this is a good opportunity for those guys. And it's a humongous opportunity and evaluation process for the for the team. The coaches and the personnel director, the general manager, finally get to see all the work that they put in to try to get these guys to go out on the field and play for real. This is it. Now, it doesn't, you know, it's not for real, which you, you know what I mean, but it's a real football game and contact will be there. As far as healthy players, Pat Shermer indicated yesterday, some of the healthy guys he's not going to play, which is probably going to be some of the established vets, not stunning. And then. Sterling Shepard you could cross out. Yep. Highly unlikely Darius Slayton is going to get out Saquon. there. Saquon. Saquon. I'd be surprised to see him, although he's fully healthy, so yeah. he doesn't necessarily fall. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're the talking about the, the No, but that's guys, fair. Yeah. I mean, we're just throwing out some guys. Nothing official, by the way. It's just Jeff and I putting yeah. two and two together. Once again, you don't have to necessarily be a rocket scientist to figure out some of these players. And the offensive line, Jeff, where... You know, you're probably going to throw out the starters for a little bit in the early stages. You have but to, yeah. I, I think also it's important to note Brian Mahalik and Chad Wheeler, who are really the next two tackles up there, and they've been rotating them in because, you know, they don't want to overwork Solder and Remmers. You know, those two guys are now dealing with injuries. So who knows if they're even going to be available for tomorrow's game, which means, you know, the Giants may be taking a look at some experimental alignments <laughs> within the offensive line here. Well, that means to tell you that the, if anybody, and I don't mean to, anybody of importance will not be in that game if those if they're new down to the third string tackles. Yes, I can tell you that, uh, especially the quarterback, yeah, by the way. Yeah. That's, that's what I mean by that. I, I'm, I'm interested to see a couple guys play tomorrow. Um, I don't know how much they're going to play, but the cornerbacks you mentioned earlier, DeAndre Baker and Julian Love, Corey Ballantyne, I, these are guys that I want to really watch and, and see how they play. You know, you, you can get a good idea in practice from cornerbacks because, you know, cornerbacks, they tackle, 
they 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 tackle with their shoulders. Then their their tackling skills are. It doesn't really matter all that much. I mean, in the game, yeah, you'd like to see them full go, but their cover skills and practice are very similar. I want to see them, like you said, cover different receivers. I want to see how they can do um, in a game slight situation. And then you know, there's some of these younger guys. This is a this is a very deep deep position, and you can't keep everyone. Okay, so. I'm interested to see those guys. And the other one on defense is R.J. McIntosh um, from Miami. He didn't play last year except for the towards the end of the season, but a healthy, and he's coming into camp. I want to see him, what he's going to do for that defensive line. I don't know how much Dexter Lawrence is going to play, B.J. Hill or Tomlinson, but I want to see the rotation. I like to see how they play together in a live, controlled game um, defensively. Offensively, for me, Lance, is, is more than anything. I want to see how Daniel Jones runs the offense how he takes command of the huddle how he does things on the field tomorrow there's going to be some hiccups you know that um it's just the way it goes but um so those those are offensively it's unfortunate they do we have you have injuries at the tackle positions because i really wanted to see those guys play and start to compete because that's a that's a that's a very interesting the right tackle starter and even the backup the or the left tackle. in the, in the yeah. swing tackle is yeah. another good competition. Oh, I'm with you. I, I think you hit on a lot of interesting points. I'll piggyback off of your comments about the secondary, the corners. The guy that I'm most interested in seeing, and I love the R.J. McIntosh throw out there, I want to see Julian Love specifically. And mm, the reason why right. Jeff he, Love <clears throat> is appealing to me is because they're using him at safety and corner. And I think what better an opportunity to move him around? So, you know, you give him one quarter at corner, you move him to safety another quarter. That, to me, is a very intriguing player to watch. It is intriguing. And you know what? For him, he it's such an asset for a player to be able to have the opportunity to, to even play two positions. Um, we're not talking about offense-defense here. We're talking about the same, you know, they're very similar. But the more you can do on an NFL football field, the better chances you have of making a football team. And this is a kid that they're very high on because you can put him in certain situations, like you had said. Um, so we'll get to see. Maybe he does. Maybe he starts it at safety or maybe he starts at corner. Who knows? But I think we will see a little bit of him at both those positions tomorrow night. And then as far as the offensive side of the ball goes, clearly you want to see the offensive line and a variety of combinations, to your point, Jeff, because it's not just a matter of the starters. It's a matter of who's going to solidify the two or three backups that make the roster. You need to know that. You need to see that through watching these preseason games. But I think the tight end position sure. is something to yeah. keep close tabs on. And It's not Evan Ingram. It's not Rhett Ellison. You know, Maybe see a little bit of Scott Simonson if he plays. C.J. Conrad is another name. That That's a big name. He's been getting a lot of attention yeah. in camp. Pat Shermer the other day said he's a really good blocker. And normally with young tight ends, Jeff, it's more of they got to improve from the blocking standpoint. Well, Pat's saying he's ahead of the curve maybe on the blocking side of things. He just needs to improve his route running. So that's a name also, I think, to watch on the offensive side of the ball. Yeah, and, you know, James James O'Hagan is another guy in that offensive line that, that want, want to watch him a little bit. Um, and then as we get into the offensive side, you start looking at, at some of the depth of, of where we're going to go, the receiver Absolutely. position. Yeah, that's exactly where I was going to go next. I think that there are some very interesting things going on there um, with Sterling Shepard. I'm, I'm, you're hoping that he'll be ready to go. I mean, obviously the guy's catching passes, touchdown passes in practice with one hand. I think that he'll probably be a go for the regular season, which will be a good thing. Unfortunately, we don't have an, we don't have an, an answer on Golden Tate yet, but you're, it's looking like he's not going to be there. So now we're going to, everybody goes down a notch. And then all of a sudden, if you're that sixth receiver that was maybe going to make the football team, you now move into the fifth slot. You got a good chance of making the football team. So we'll see guys like Reggie White Jr. out there tomorrow and seeing some of those guys, seeing how they can do. Um, the return position, I, I don't think. I don't think we're going to put Jabril Peppers back there to return punts tomorrow night. I really don't. Um, and it'll be interesting to see who they have returning kicks. Maybe a running back, which turns me to the other thing that I'm taking up the whole show here. Sorry, Lance. No, but no the worries. running back position is another one. That's kind of some depth. Or, you know, is Where is that going to be? You know, who are the guys? Is it going to be Rod Smith? Is it going to be Paul Perkins? Um, Wayne Gallman? You can't keep all these guys. So it'll be interesting to, to watch those guys. We're just trying to give you guys a little bit of a sense of who to watch tomorrow night. Um, and I'm interested in seeing how the, the running back position plays out because that's kind of another deep position that we have to look at. 
especially if they only keep three because maybe they go to four because of Elijah Penny, the fullback, who usually is included in the total of running backs. So, Mm -hmm. yeah, you're talking about three guys competing for two spots, Goldman, Perkins, and Rod Smith. So this is the big opportunity of the preseason because we're not expecting Saquon Barkley to get much work. It's not as if he really needs it. I want to quickly head back to your point about the return game because Mm -hmm. that, I think, is something really something to focus on entering this first preseason game because, to your point, Okay, you have Jabril Peppers, who you're probably not going to expose in these circumstances. Darius Slayton is banged up, okay? And he's a guy that's been toyed with as a return man, Jeff. Yep. Golden Tate, to throw him out there as a return guy is, I don't necessarily think, extremely valuable. So this is now a time to expose some guys that maybe you're thinking of experimenting with or didn't have a lot of work so far over the course of camp into those situations. So, you know, whether it be a running back that they want to toy with. I mean, Paul Perkins has had some return work. You know, he's a guy maybe that they look to throw into the fire. And then some of these other wide receivers, TJ Jones, who was just brought in as a veteran from the Lions, he has experience as a return guy. I'm expecting him to get some looks during the course of the preseason. You think that they would throw out Cody Latimer there? I mean, Latimer's another veteran guy. I don't know if they feel as if they I don't need think they to need to see enough him. of him. Yeah, I mean, they really don't. I mean, I, I, I'm my two guys during the regular season is going to be Cody Latimer and and Jabril Peppers, right? Uh, as a punt returner and kickoff returner, and then you know you got to have to find a a backup punt returner that is able to do the job because I can tell you this that Jabril Peppers is on a nine route with a receiver. He certainly is, and just ran sixty yards. Even though he probably could, I don't think the coaching staff and, <laughs> and give him a breather. they're going to give him a breather, and they'll send somebody else out there, sure-handed. And you're, and one of those guys could be Sterling Shepard. I mean, he's a, he's always been he's more than capable. He's been more than capable. He's he he can secure the ball. The number one rule for the punt return team is to give the ball back to the offense. That is the number one. Get one first down on a return, ten yards, and give the ball back to the offense. The last thing you want to do is have somebody out there that doesn't know how to catch the football, turns it over. That's a big play in, in a game. You don't want to see that. Two zero one nine three nine four five one three is the telephone number. So those are some of the things to look for as we get set for preseason game number one, the competitions, the positions, and so forth. You could also chime in via hashtag Giants Chat. Let's open up the phone lines. Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. And we check in first with Mike, who is in Florida. Mike, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hi, Mike. Hey, Jeff. Hi, John. How you doing? It's, it's Lance. It's okay. That's strike one, Mike. Let's see strike what you have next for us. Yeah, let's get Mike on. Okay. Oh. Yeah. Hey, Lance. I, I'm, I'm very sorry. It's okay. Uh, listen, I've been I've been called worse both privately and in public settings. You've been called Dottino. So, yeah. I mean, I don't necessarily enjoy being called John, but uh, I'll let you have strike one there. So, uh, let, right. let's see if you can um, make a recovery here, you're, Mike. Yeah. You're, you're a forgiving soul. Thank you. Sometimes. Um, but anyway, go ahead. Listen, if... if I told you when uh, we drafted Evan Ingram that in his first two seasons, he played 15, I think, the first year and 11 last year, that he would have an average of 55 catches and about 650 yards and five touchdowns a year. Would you be happy with that? Well, I don't think those numbers are terrible for a young tight end, especially when you look at how the offense operates with the arrival of Saquon Barkley and obviously their desire to run the football. And, you know, Odell Beckham was here for the first two years of Evan Ingram, Sterling Shepard. It's not as if he was the only focal point of the offense. So, I mean, I'm giving you my honest answer. I don't think those numbers, if you would have told me that, I, I don't look at that as a huge disappointment. I think the big thing for him is to stay healthy so that those numbers can improve by being on the field more often. That's the big thing right now. Uh, I, I agree. I, I, I'm an England fan. I, I just feel like he's getting, he's getting uh, you know, knocked around a little bit in the media. Um, but I really think this is going to be a, his, a year for him. I have a couple of bold predictions. Um, first on offense, um, I have Eli Manning passing for over 4,500 yards. He's done that once in his career, where I think he came up just uh, just short of uh, 5,000. He had 4,933 um, a few years back. So I have him passing for over 4,500 yards, and for the first time in his career, I have a quarterback rating of over 100. Mm. So that's that's one. Um, okay. Sterling Shepard, I have. 80 catches, every year his yardage has gone up, 
I have him hitting 1,000 yards this year and 10 touchdowns. He had eight touchdowns his first season. So I have him going for 10 this year. And Evan Ingram, 65 catches, 800 yards, 10 touchdowns. Those are bold. <laughs> I, I think I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping. Obviously, Evan stays healthy, or it's not going to happen. Both, you know, all of them. Uh, but I think those uh, are reachable, and uh, but they are on the fringe. I think. Yeah, well, Engram as a rookie had 64 catches, 722 yards, and six touchdowns. So, you know, you were saying 65 receptions, I believe, 800 yards, 10 touchdowns may be high, but 65 catches, 800 yards, Jeff, I don't think that's crazy, especially if you look at what he did in 15 games as a rookie. If he stays healthy. Yeah, of course. But, I mean, we're projecting, let's say, he gets into 15, 16 games. Mm-hmm. I think those numbers are feasible. As far as Eli Manning, you know, you threw out that you think he's going to get a quarterback rating of 100 for the first time in his career. Just to put things in perspective, and Eli has had some really good seasons. Hasn't been in the 90s, has he? Uh, he's been in the 90s a few times. But just to put things in perspective, Jeff, the highest he's been is 93.6. That was 2015. Actually, 2011, which would have been the only season I thought would have been through the roof, he was 92.9. So he was right in the vicinity, but 2011 was a great season for him, and he was only 92.9. Yeah, that that 100 is a hard number. 100 to me, that is a very, very bold statement. And also, 4,500 yards, keep in mind, you you want Barkley and the team to run the football. Yeah, you yeah. hope he doesn't have to get 4,500. Yeah, but. I mean, listen, I'm sure the Giants will be happy with him throwing 4,500 yards because that means he's productive, but I don't think you want to go in that direction because that probably means you're playing catch-up, Jeff, yeah. more often than not throughout this or season. Or you hope you had some big plays in there. Exactly, some <laughs> well, plays. Yeah. I'm thinking Barkley more instead of the uh, you know the safety valve or the drop, I'm thinking him more downfield too. So that's why I picked that, picked that number. And again, it's a bold prediction. Of course, but, we understand, um, yeah. Uh, now, defense. I have Lorenzo Carter, 10 sacks. Um, I just have a, I think this guy is really going to light it up this year. Uh, I like what they're saying about him building up his tool, his toolkit uh, as far as his rushing moves. And between Dexter Lawrence and B.J. Hill, a combination of 15 sacks. Um, if you want me to break it down even more, no, 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 Mike. I, I think listen, you, you, I, I, I think you gave us enough bold predictions to last an entire program. So we certainly appreciate <laughs> you weighing in, Mike, and, and thanks so much for the phone call. I don't know if we need to necessarily break down the full X's and O's, but I think we get the gist. Uh, those are also two very, very bold predictions. I think across the board, Jeff, what he is saying. First of all, Lorenzo Carter with ten. He had four last season. Uh, could Lorenzo Carter increase that number to like seven or eight? I, I think that's reasonable, and that would be a very, very good season out of Lorenzo Carter. Ten, you know, Lorenzo's going to have to make a very significant jump if we're talking about double digits for him. And for him, you know, you hear about how he's learning and how, he, and that's that's all about being a professional. It's all about learning your skill and also understanding by coaching um some of the moves that you have to use. I had read that that he had said that he really didn't practice or just didn't have many moves last year. Just one, just one thing going to the quarterback. Um, you as a pass rusher have to have a repertoire of, of moves. You know whether it's a spin move, the knock the hand down, you know bull rush, whatever it is. You got to understand how to play those types. And, and so, in, in putting more tools in your toolbox, that's what he's talking about is being able to to learn how to. And that's by that's by experience by watching film. Okay, and getting some veteran defensive guys like a Marcus Golden to help you out. Okay, like a Kareem Martin to help you out, and to talk about technique and ways to to to, to get better. Uh, ten sacks would it be? I don't find it. It's bold, but it it would it wouldn't surprise me. But I think I like the number. I, if I had to go the number, I'd do it six and a half would be my number. That's a good one in terms of the over under. Yeah, you're saying for yeah. so I like that six and a half to me is a really good estimate. And I I said this before and I still believe it. I think that the bulk of the sacks this season are going to come from the interior position. That's just what I feel. I could be completely wrong, but I feel like those BJ. I think the I think the guys in the middle are going to have more collectively more sacks than the guys on the outside this year. Well, I, I think, don't care where it comes from. Correct. Uh, <laughs> James Betcher is not sitting at home saying we got to get 25 out of the edge guys and right. they have to outnumber the interior. You're right. Sack is a sack. You don't get brownie points for where it comes from. And I think that would be a really good development 
if you get more sacks from the interior. I think that there's potential there. Dexter Lawrence has the ability to get after the quarterback. I think Dalvin has the ability too. I understand the numbers haven't necessarily shown up, but the guys have the ability to push the pocket, Jeff, which is what you're yeah. pretty much throwing out there. And B.J. Hill, who had five and a half sacks last season, which was a Giants rookie record, keep in mind, though, three of them came in one game. Mm -hmm. And this is not me once again saying that B.J. Hill doesn't have upside, but I think, Jeff, when anybody throws out a number like that, you have to provide context. It's one thing, Jeff, if I say a guy got 10 sacks and I tell you, well, he got those 10 sacks in three games. Maybe that was just a product of the offensive line, what the opposing offense was doing from a strategic standpoint. If you get 10 sacks over the course of nine, ten games, and you're spreading the wealth, that's much different context than it being one or two games where you just all of a sudden exploded. Yeah, and I think that, you know, a guy like Dexter Lawrence, I mean, he's got a huge pedigree, so we'll see how he gets off to a fast start, and maybe he will, but I think B.J. Hill is a guy that he'll take those sacks that he had last year and learn from them, okay, and collectively these guys can, can, can get in there. Now, Tomlinson, remember, is moving, moving his position again. You know, like when they got when they signed snacks, he moved back outside yeah, inside outside. So I think that, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see how he plays. But I, I don't don't be surprised if you see that interior off the defensive line moving around a lot of different positions. And, and of course, I got to give Dettino a little bit of credit here, which oh I boy. hate to. Yeah, I but I think say. he was on to something. And I was on the show when he when he predicted that they that that two two seven look that the, the Giants have gone to that other team did in the Super Bowl. That to me is not is not it, it's it's very feasible that this could be a, a defense that the Giants play very often because of just the way that the National Football League is set up. But if you have the depth at the at the cornerback position like they do this year, and they have some guys that can play different positions, you have a Corey uh, Corey Love to can um, they can play out Julian Love yeah. Julian excuse me they can play that position two rookies that takes talent Jeff right I've, uh, I boy, you, you're in a league of your own hey, I'm, I'm still in preseason too <laughs> I got one day to. we just, gotta work out the kinks still early right. in the process um, anyway I didn't mean to interrupt I'm, that's yeah. okay but these guys will be able to be, they can be on the field at the same time and, and don't be surprised if maybe you see it tonight or tomorrow night well when you look at the secondary Julian Love we talked about Jeff has the opportunity to be on the field as a corner and a safety right, right? Michael Thomas has the ability to be on the field as a corner and a safety. Okay, they put so him in the slot. Two, yep. Okay, so that gives you the opportunity to join forces with Antoine Bethea and Jabril Peppers. So you could really have four safeties on the field, to your point. Right. And then in addition to that, Janoris Jenkins, as well as DeAndre Baker. And then if you wanted to throw out Corey Ballantyne or Grant Haley, and that to me, there's your seven right yeah. there. And you what The thing you have is you have two guys like Antoine Bethea and and um, Jabril Peppers can be your box safeties in there. They can play inside a little bit if you needed it, okay, yeah. to cover some of those tight ends. And but um, and then you got two two defensive tackles or defensive whatever it is that rush the passer. Who knows? It's just kind of an interesting combination to me to see be able to see the depth at that cornerback position that actually gives you gives you this, the availability to play some of those defenses that you couldn't do it last year. You look at the depths last year at that position; it was horrible. We're talking about Horrible. night and day, and, and mainly because of injuries, too, which is a factor in why they didn't necessarily have as much depth. Listen, if you want to know about the importance of the secondary, Jeff, all you need to do is go back to the 2016 playoff game. What oh happens, right? Yeah. DRC gets hurt, and Aaron Rodgers says, oh, okay, this is the guy you're going to put in? We're going to test him. We're going to see what he can do. Right away. He didn't even hesitate. Second half, Aaron Rodgers just feasted. So that's another reason why it's important – to not just say we feel good about our two to three starters right at corner. Yeah. You better feel good about four, five, and six, yep. even to a certain degree, because those guys are going to have to get on the field, even without injuries. That's just the nature of the beast in the National Football League. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Also, before we go back to the lines, the caller was bringing up 4,500 as a prediction for Eli. I went over the quarterback rating. Eli has only had one season where he's had more than 4,500 yards. That was, to your point, Jeff, 2011, where he yeah. was right near 5,000. Outside that. of that, yeah. did not get to 4,500. So, once again, not to say that Eli is not going to have a good season. It's just if you make those bold claims, whether or not it's a trend 
or it's been something that happened once in a blue moon, I, I think is at least important to bring it to the conversation. So let's return to the phones. We've got Doug in Rochester. Doug, welcome to the Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you Hi, have Doug. for us? Hey, what's up, Lance? What's up, um, Jeff? Uh, future Hall of Famer, Figo. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I got um, a couple of things to talk about, but Lance, I got to ask you about some information you gave out yesterday. Uh, so I'm going to get right to it. Um, um, I think um, Lorenzo uh, Zoe, um he he comes back. He looks a lot stronger and bigger, and um, he's been working on off season on uh, his moves. And plus, um, Zimmer and Zetlitz and Sojourn and been, he's been going against those guys, and they've been telling him about his steps, uh, his moves, what they can see. So I think that's going to really help him with the veteran offensive linemen, helping him tell him what he's doing wrong. And I look to see Zoe with more sacks this season. And the X-Man, I think when he gets, like, later on in the season, once he gets his moves he brought from Old Dominion and he gets them down pack, I think you're going to see some sacks later on in the season from him too. Yeah, he's a kind of he, – he's a guy that a lot of people are interested to see, the X-Man. I mean, you know, and he's um, a very similar build to Lorenzo Carter, and those guys are fast. And, you know, Lorenzo Carter has – was, I was reading about his – what his interview that he was doing about how those guys have been helping him that first step. And I look, if you look at a guy's in the defensive end position or even a defensive line interior, the first step, if you have that first step and you can, and you can dominate with that first step with leverage, it's over. But a lot of those guys can't get leverage on those tackles or those guards, you know? So that's kind of where he has to work on how he's going to attack his, uh, his opponent. Yeah, but I think the weight he put on about 12, 10, he did, 12 yeah. pounds and yeah. more muscle, I think that weight's going to help him out, too, sure. with the strength. Yep. So I think that's going to help him out a little bit, too. So, um, Well, another thing I want to talk to was about the inside linebacker position with um, Tay Davis. Um, that position, where he plays, they not, they're not really counting on the rest of the quarterback, right? Not necessarily unless you get a blitz on the inside, but those guys are basically out there for, you know, to, to cover and to stop the run. I mean, that's what they're yeah, there so for. Basically, yeah, basically that's their job is to cover the tight end and the linebacker, open, make open field tackles, right? That's Running basically backs, what yeah. the, the Tate Davis and, and um, the other, uh, that position does, right? Yep. So. Yeah, or if a guy jumps out into the flat and yeah. they dump it off to the running back, you want to make sure that that linebacker maybe comes over and assists, especially if other guys are going towards the quarterback. And when you look at a guy like Ogletree, he's really good at defending. I mean, look, he had inter- four interceptions last season. He had season? five interceptions. Four or yeah. five. five. So, yeah. uh, he, had, he had five. Yeah, he had five. Yeah. Had yeah. five That's incredible from an interior so, yeah. position. Yeah. Uh, and last, um, you and Paul were talking about the Jets game. Um, a caller called in and said that he, I'm in the same predicament. He have NFL channel, but I think Paul said the, the the fan channel on AM on the radio, but you guys are talking about, I couldn't understand what you said, NBC was going to show it? Well, WNBC so Channel 4 in the local New York New Jersey area has the broadcast rights for the game, so they're going to air it on Channel 4 in the New York New Jersey area, and then it's also going to be streamed online at Giants.com. Okay, so it's gonna so the game is it gonna be on the app if I can like the app on my phone or I, I can see is it gonna be live on the app or you gonna have to wait a couple of days later to see it? That's a good question, Matt. Do you know is the game gonna be streaming live on the app in addition to Giants dot com? So that's to be determined, Doug, to answer your question. We're not sure whether it's going to be live on the app, but if you go to Giants dot com, the actual website, you should be able to see the game that way. Oh, so you had to go to Giants.com. Correct. You have to actually go to the the official website. So the NBC is just for New York area, right? Yeah, I mean, if you you don't live, well, uh, yeah, considering you're in Rochester, you're not going to get WNBC Channel 4. You get your local NBC affiliate, but that's not going to be broadcasting the Giants-Jets game. Giants.com is going to be your best bet. Correct. Yeah, that'll be your best bet. Or, like we said, we'll be having pregame coverage and then the full broadcast on 660 AM WFAN, and that you can also get on WFAN's website. Yeah, because I think uh, Paul said the Yankees are on the FM, so you have to go to the AM, the AM tomorrow. Exactly. The 660 AM, yeah. You okay, so just, just pull up on the website and see if I can get it live. Okay. That's your best right, bet. Thanks a lot, guys. You, you got it. Thanks, thanks so much for weighing in. Let's uh, head back to the phone lines, and we'll check in with Mike, who is in Atlanta. Mike, 
Welcome to the Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hi, Mike. Hey, guys. How are you? Doing all right, Mike. Um, I'm looking forward to the preseason just to get some football back on the air, but uh, I'm actually really disappointed from the standpoint. I don't think personally we're going to learn a whole lot, if anything, about this Giants team simply because three of the four teams they're playing, they play during the regular season. So if I'm Coach Shermer, and I'm sure Jeff can attest to this, they're not going to show the playbook at all during no. the preseason because no. the only team they, they don't play is the Bengals in right. the third game. Yep. You know what? And it, it, You're 100% correct, but you are also got to understand that even though that these guys weren't playing, if they weren't going to be playing in the regular season, it's so vanilla. All of it is vanilla. The whole preseason is an evaluation process. Uh, the game plan, to be honest with you, uh, Mike, they give them to them the day before the game. They're handing the game yeah, plans know. out today. And so, you know, these guys, it's just a basic plays that every team runs around the country. It's just, it's just vanilla football. It's an evaluation of how this guy's going to play against another person's personnel, and that's all you can see. So you're right. You're not going to get a good idea what this giant football team is going to look like until maybe the third preseason game because they do play Cincinnati, right? In that third preseason game, they'll be able to open it up a little bit. Correct. And, yep. and because of that, I don't think we're going to see the starters for more than a quarter in the first, second, or fourth preseason games. I don't think we're going to see anything significant from the starters until that game against the Bengals. Yeah, it just depends on, you know, the ebb and flow of the game and the philosophy of, of Coach Shermer. You know, there are some veterans in there that, that, that the coaching staff want to see play. Like, um, you know, you're going to see some guys in there more than others because those are the guys they are still – they want to be – I mean, they're, they're in an evaluation process right now. They want to still – like, you're not going to see Remmers or you're not going to see Solder. I mean, Remmers, they're both coming off of injuries. So, both coming off of surgeries, yeah, so, too. But you're going to see the backup positions in there. Um, you know, and really, how much are you going to be able to tell from Daniel Jones going against a, another NFL football team? I mean, you're going to get a little bit of it, right? I mean, but, you know, you just, that, that's just the preseason. That's why, to me, it's, it's, it's amazing that the NFL still plays four of these. I mean, because really, you could get away with two of them, don't you think? Well, I, even Pat Shermer said that the other day. Yeah. Did he really? Well, he, he said, good if minds we had think two, alike. we'd be okay. We would, you definitely would be okay. And I think that, you know, from, a, from a, a fan's perspective, we wouldn't be talking about this right now, Mike. We really wouldn't. We'd be like, hey, the two preseason games are okay. And then all of a sudden, bam, in two more weeks, the regular season starts. And that's when we're going to really be able to see what our team's going to look like. But, I mean, Mike, as far as your point about them playing teams that they're going to see in the regular season, I really think that's irrelevant, and I think Jeff hit on it. It's going to be vanilla whether they're playing teams that they're not going to see in the regular season or they are going to see because you never show as much as you want. As as far as your point about the starters, remember, Eli didn't play the first preseason game last year and didn't play an awful lot other than the third preseason game. So, once again, the opponent to me is not dictating what the Giants are doing. It's just the structure of the preseason, and there's some starters that are coming off of injuries and also Saquon Barkley workload that I don't think they want to expose to extra work now to preserve them for the 16-game grind. So I, I really don't think it has much to do with the opponents in the preseason this year. Yeah, well, one, one of the things I am anxious to see is uh, you're going to basically see a lot of one-on-one -on -one battles where it's just beat the guy in front of you or this cornerback covers that wide receiver. Of course. Just the, the, yeah. the raw physical abilities of these guys. And, you know, how they played out, you know, with no help, no scheme, and no play calling. Just are they physically able to dominate the guy in front of them? That's correct. And, you know, you make a good point. So regardless, you know, who cares about the scores of the game, right? We don't care about the scores. What you do care about is your individual matchups and the personnel that are in there. And that's what the evaluation is all about in the preseason. So as, from a fan's perspective, um, get a little excited about seeing – you know, some of these guys matched up one-on-one, -on -one, wherever they are. The right tackle versus the, the left defensive end, okay? Cornerback in a one-on-one -on -one position in a nickel situation. Look at some of the – if these guys are in man coverage or how they're playing their zone. Look at the way that some of these guys are playing and make your own evaluations. Technique they're going to look at, offensive linemen, cornerbacks. How do they handle now going up against different wide receivers? Mm -hmm. Were you in position to make a play? For Daniel Jones, it's not necessarily the numbers, just like Pat Shermer says it's practice. It's also the decision-making. That's he correct. Show his aggressiveness. Did he try to throw down the field if the opportunity presented itself? So a, a lot of those individual factors, Mike, I would agree with you. They're certainly going to be looking for that. 
Um, and just one other quick thing, and I'll take your comment off the air, uh, in regards to uh, the regular season and what we're probably going to see. As you guys know, last year we picked up uh, six players on waivers at the end of the year, which is something in my almost 50 years of watching the Giants. I've never seen them picked up that many guys uh, right before the season was to go into begin. But this year I, I really expect them to do that same thing, probably pick up uh, four to five players off of waivers, and I would expect one of them to be a wide receiver who can return kickoff and punts with uh, Golden Tate going to be missing those first four games. Well, and I'll could take your be. comment off the air. Well, sure. appreciate the phone call, Mike. Thanks so much for weighing in. As I mentioned, TJ Jones, they just picked up, Jeff. Yep. He can return. Yep, he's so a I really don't think it's as big of a necessity as the last caller made it out to be. And here's the other thing to take into consideration with respect to his point about he would expect maybe the Giants to be just as aggressive in making claims. This is year two, Jeff, for Dave Gettleman. Yeah. You, you can make the point last year he didn't really have an opportunity to bring in the types of guys that he wanted. This year I think he had now another full off season. Yeah. So I would actually be very surprised if the volume is that high in terms of claims again. I will agree with you. Um, last year, trying to build a roster. He's had a whole cycle now. Um, and now I just don't think that there, there'll be that much of a need, you hope. I think that they have the guys in here that they feel they can win with. You always want, and they'll always tell you, if there's a better player out there than, and they have the ability to get them, that they will. Um, the one thing you have to look at, too, about um, the economics of the football is that veterans, you know, if you sign a veteran and he's on that opening day roster and you decide to release him when Golden Tate comes back from his suspension, that player is, is, can, can opt to have his, his total salary guaranteed. So a lot of times these organizations, like I said, there's so much economics that goes into the game of football, they will shy away from signing a veteran on opening day, but they'll sign him the second week. Because once you're on the, if you're not on the opening day roster, then you're not guaranteed your contract for the for the whole season. So a little maneuvering from the GM spot there and personnel. So that's something you have to look at at the beginning of the season. No, I think that's an excellent point. And you and I have talked about that both on and off the air, the logistics of the timing in which you bring a veteran in. Yeah. So that's something to certainly consider. The other thing that I wanted to point out, Jeff, and I think this is where maybe sometimes fans, media members, just start to overthink it. I get it. Golden Tate could media miss the first four games. Media overthinks? No way. Yeah, I know. I'm going out on a limb here wow. with that statement. Golden Tate likely will miss four games, depending on, of course, what happens with his appeal. And I get it. Darius Slayton is banged up. But, you know, when we keep fielding phone calls about they need to bring in another wide receiver who's got return experience, let's just look at the depth chart here, okay. Jeff. And this right. is what I think just is being right, overlooked. Just go right next door. Okay. Sterling Shepard has experience as a return guy. Cody Latimer has experience as a return guy. Russell Shepard, he's not just a cover guy. He no, actually he, has he, return. He did a lot last year. Yeah, especially even if you go back to Carolina. Okay, Darius Slayton, I'll put in the list. I know he's banged up, but okay. he has return experience. TJ Jones, I just mentioned. Benny Fowler has return <laughs> experience. They I, all I mean, can I, do it. I could go on. I just named six guys that have return experience, not named Golden Tate. Why are we so fascinated with finding another guy who can return the football? Well, because they just everyone's trying to find somebody that's going to be really good at <laughs> well, it, right? Can, and I will tell you I this. Mean, I'm going to tell you right now. The best returner on of all those people that you just talked about is not a wide receiver. He's not. It's Jabril Peppers. Well, and we can and, go elsewhere with other positions. And I'm yeah. telling you, and he, he is going to be fun to watch. I'm just you guys watch. You know, a lot of the Giants fans, because you're in the NFC, you don't get to watch a lot of the AFC teams and watch. You know, Jabril Peppers is a very exciting player to watch. And I think the guys, the people are going to gravitate towards him. And by the way, it's it's a shame because although you're going to have him for, four, for 12 games, Golden Tate, folks, is a fun football player to watch. The guy is a possession. He makes yards after catch. He's tough. He doesn't drop footballs. He's a smart player. I think you're going to fall in love with him as soon as he gets on the field full time. You look at some of the plays he's making in practice. These are just in practice. He makes these plays in the games all the time. Now, you know, he's down in Philly last year. Have you seen the, the wide receiver core they have down there? No wonder they got rid of him. Holy smokes. I, I mean, it's, it's crazy, but you are going to love the way that this guy plays. Corey Ballantyne's another guy we should mention, Jeff. I think he's actually going to get maybe some work as a return guy in this preseason game I think if the opportunities arise. There's no question. And you know what? I like your claims about Jabril Preppers. I don't disagree with anything you said, and he clearly has the most experience, the most versatility. But when it's all said and done, 
given Ballantyne's track background, he was a track star. Okay. Ballantyne could well emerge as maybe one of their most dynamic return guys once he gets a little bit more experience under yeah. his belt. And I, I think Shermer's not afraid to put a rookie in there. I mean, he's yeah. told you that. And so, um, and that's one thing I like about Pat Shermer is that he doesn't hold back. I mean, if you're on this 53-man roster, you're here to, to, to you know, to, to help this team win. You're not here just to take a roster spot. I mean, you want to do something for the team. If you, if he has the ability to, to, to break one on a kickoff return and hit that, hit that seam and go, then put him in there. You know, it's, it's all about ball security. That's the biggest thing in the return department is give the ball back to the offense. You don't, you know, don't want to be turning it over. 100%. That's the key. I mean, this even goes back to a guy that you know very well, Tom Coughlin. And it wasn't even return guys. It was running backs. Yeah. You don't hold on to the football. That's mm -hmm. it. We're moving to the next guy. So that is clearly priority number one, two, three, four, and then some. 201-939-4513 is the telephone number. Hashtag Giants Chat on Twitter. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's with you here. The latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live presented by Coors Light. Let's go and check in with Joe in Pennsylvania. Joe, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us today? Hi, Joe. Uh, uh, hi, Lance, Jeff. Uh, talk looking, to you. Forward, looking forward to this game, but... Uh, in, in in a way, I'm I'm thinking it ain't going to be much for our offense there. That uh, Daniel Jones might think he brought his offensive line with him if we're going to be using fourth and fifth string uh, <laughs> tackles and guards. And if I'm calling the play for him, I'll tell him that uh, if he's throwing a pass play to throw the chuck and duck, you know. <laughs> well, <laughs> and that's well. When you have Greg Williams, if he's going to be running blitzes with these young guys who's ain't even going to be on our roster, you know, or even in the practice squad. It, it could get a little uh, whatever for for uh, the quarterback going back for a pass. Sure, so, sure. Yep. I, and that's why they're going to be careful, I'm sure, under those circumstances. Yeah. I remember, and, and we'll let you continue, Joe, and Jeff, I'm sure you remember this game. I bring it up all the time, the Jets-Giants preseason game, a number of years back, Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith were both on the Jets, and they elected to put Mark Sanchez in the game I want to say it was probably the fourth quarter, may have been late quarter. third, okay? Yeah. And Mark was playing behind, what, third, fourth string offensive yep. lineman. You had hungry Giants players who were trying to make the team, make the practice squad. Mark gets hit and then winds up missing the season as a result right. of the shoulder injury yeah. he suffered. So, Joe, I, I think there's perfect examples to what you're selling that I think the Giants are going to say to themselves, we want to give Daniel Jones reps, but we're also not going to expose him where perhaps Ooh. the offensive line is not in the greatest shape. Right. Well, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know what I mean? That the giant fans is it, to take it easy, easy on him because he might not have much of a chance. You know, I think defenses are going to be ahead tomorrow. And uh, one thing to look forward to is, I guess, it, how the refs are going to because we have a lot of young uh, defensive uh, backs there with that new uh, run, uh, rule there. You know, that can go either way. You know, on, on well, it's the review there. of pass interference essentially is what you're bringing up. R Right. So, and I just wanted to say a lot of the guys that uh, you know get to see the game. Well, the NFL Network has it too. If you don't have it, but another thing, uh, YouTube. If you if you could pick it up, they have a lot of our practices on there and interviews. There's a lot of stuff. They'll probably have the game taped on there again. So uh, I could pick pick out Paul on the sideline with all the reporters <laughs> and with Marilyn, you know, you could see, you, you can see a lot from the big beginning. They have the whole practices, mostly all of them on YouTube. So, uh, you know, you'd be surprised, you know, uh, what's on there. So I just wanted to say that. And uh, one thing I, I wanted to say, too, I don't know if you didn't mention, you know, the, the interviews Phil Sims had there with our quarterbacks, Saying you know that they they look like they you know genuine Paul uh, Daniel Jones and that uh, uh, Eli's doing well and then they uh, Baldinger there the, uh, his uh, report on our offensive line that uh, you know that that they're really stepping it up so the guys we brought in so it if we can hope we can just stay healthy in that and uh, thanks for taking my call. Hi right, Joe, appreciate the Thank phone you, call. Joe. And that's a big part of any NFL team's outlook, whether or not the group could stay healthy. But with yeah. Remmers and Zeitler now on the right side, Jeff, you got two polished veterans who are used to playing with a variety of different personnel because they've had a number of different guys lining up next to them throughout the course of their careers. And 
Uh, Eli has looked very sharp. Uh, looks like there's a little bit more extra mustard on the throws. You're probably not going to see that tomorrow, but I, I think for those of us who have seen practice, it's not necessarily an exaggeration. And, you know, Daniel Jones, I think, has shown some of his flashes, but the next step is what does he do against an unfamiliar defense? Well, I, I'd like to, at some point, you've got to see Daniel Jones in there with the first-team offensive line. Um just to get an evaluation of how things go because yeah. after that it kind of gets a little tricky you know in a case of of Nate Solder you look at the way he played the last seven weeks of the season uh that offense did much better that offensive line that left hand side Hernandez you know being a rookie last year started to pick up and and, and try to he, he learned to play next to Nate Solder as did Nate Solder learned to play next to to Hernandez you know those guys there's a feeling out process there but now that they have a little more familiarity with each other I look at that side of the line to be the strength Remmers is a guy that played in coach Shermer's offense before so he's going to have a little experience from that sense of um, but I think that he's a veteran he's a guy that if he can stay healthy he's a technique oriented man he's not going to give up a lot of stacks and um, so, you know hopefully we'll be able to see how he plays right now and then you've got Zyder Zeitler, the right guard, who seems to be this perennial all-pro. Everybody has him. He's never made a Pro Bowl. He's never been, yeah. you know, anything. But I, it's okay. I think it's a guy that that I told you. I think I might have told you this when we were when we were on together before. Eli likes mean tackles. The right and the left guard here. Those are two mean guys, and he likes that. You had that in Chris Snee and, and Rich Reuter years ago. Um, and then, of course, the offensive line, the center position is still up for grabs. But John Jalapio is, seems to be having the upper hand there, which we kind of thought he would be all along. But, um, you know, and Spencer Pulley is a, a, a very valuable piece of this uh, puzzle because he can play tackle. Or excuse me, he can play guard and center. So there's your, uh, there's your whole offensive line synopsis right there. Correct. Well, Jalapio is listed number one on the depth chart, and Hal Hunter has said he tries to get at least Pulley two series with the number one offensive line during practice. And, and you're right, whoever loses that battle is going to at least, you hope, provide depth Has on the offensive line as the backup center slash guard. Well, so, you, only get, you only get seven of them on game day when you think about it. So you got to have a swing guard and a swing tackle in there. And, you know, they're very rarely going to dress an eighth offensive lineman unless somebody's hurt. Of course. And they, just, they don't know if something happens. You know, that's usually the, the case. And, you know, you have those um, <laughs> you inactive all-Americans, we call them. The guys that make the team and are inactive every single game. I think we had a couple of them. Oh, we my, have. My, the last couple of years, when I, when I was with the Giants, I think we had we set records for 16 straight inactives, you know. But, but you just you got to stay ready because you never know when all of a sudden that changes. And it could be simply because of a special teams move. You never know. I remember Tavares King. I brought this up a lot. Leon Hall. The two of them were on the team together, and then there were certain games where Leon Hall was a healthy scratch, Tavares King was a healthy scratch, and Jeff, you and I are on the pregame, and we're breaking down the inactives. And we're getting like, what happened here? We but know it something was sometimes happened. was a special teams right. decision. Simple as that. Hey, yeah. this guy we need in a special teams situation. Yeah. And the other thing, too, watching the practice the other day, I noticed that Jabril Peppers is the personal protector on the punt team. So that's kind of exciting to me in the sense that he told, he told the press that he wants to play offense. Right. I mean, he wants to play a little bit of offense. Well, there's there's one way to get him the football is right there at a personal protector on the punt team. Just snap it to the guy and let him go. A little fake. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, Riley. OK, is Dixon is he's a heck of an athlete through a bunch of touchdowns in, in, in uh, college at Syracuse. Just put peppers in there, swing him out, throw him the ball and let him go. There you go. Well, don't give the rest of the NFL too many ideas. Oh, well, trust me. If I if, Listen, if I'm bringing it up, then they already know it. Oh, trust absolutely, me. Yeah. yes. They have studied the skill sets. They know yeah. what uh, Riley Dixon and Jabril Peppers bring I to the just, table. I just drew it up for, you did, you know, hey. for Coach McGahee and those guys. So go for it. 201-939-4513. Lance Meadow, Jeff Fiegel's here. Wednesday's edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. Let's check in with Ramon in New York. Ramon, welcome to Big Blue Kickoff Live. What do you have for us? Hi, Ramon. Hey, how you, how you doing? I always watch the show. I'm a big fan of the show. Well, thanks for tuning in. We appreciate okay. that. So what's on your mind yeah, today? I have, a, I have a question. Um, Because I'm a big Giants fan, and um, we all know that the chances of Golden Tate playing is going to be slim. So I, do you think it's a good idea? I think it's a good idea. Do you think it's a, it's a good idea for them to bring in Victor Cruz? I mean, he hasn't played, but he seems like he wants to. He knows Eli. He won a Super Bowl. Everybody wants him. I think it'll be a good fit. Well, let me tell you, you hit the nail on the head. He hasn't played in a while. But, you know, he hasn't played in a while, but he wants to play. Do you know how many guys that <laughs> retired in the National Football League 
Hey, say that today, honestly, Char or uh, Ramon. <clears throat> I mean, the problem is that he hasn't played, and there's a reason why he hasn't played. So it's a tough thing. I know a lot of people would love to have him see him back, but that's a mm -hmm. that's a tough thing to come out when you're out of football for that long, and then you come back. Um, it would be great to see him in a giant uniform again, but I think his time has passed. And Ramon, I've said this multiple times. Jeff and I were even talking about it earlier. I, I think the Giants feel good about the nucleus of receivers on the roster. Yeah. I think they want to evaluate the younger guys. They want to see Cody Latimer and some of these vets continue to progress and let the best man win within that competition. You also have to understand, Victor Cruz comes in. This is a completely new offense. He may have had chemistry with Eli Manning. He did not play in this offense. So that doesn't mean that all of a sudden things are going to be picked up very smoothly. But my thing is this. He's not going to be very expensive. Right? So give him one more chance. OBJ was there making a big show, so he really didn't get another chance because Odell, 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 everything's Odell. Now Odell's not there. Now Eli got no pressure past the ball. You pick up Victor Cruz, who's very cheap, and you give him a chance. You don't like him, then go and take him back. You kick him to the curve. But I think that he should get one more chance. You know, if you've seen his, his video on um, Instagram, he, should, he looks good. He looks healthy. Give him a chance. I don't see what's the problem. Give well, him a quick chance. Well, but once, he, he hurt nobody. Once again, I, I don't disagree with you. I, I don't think he would be hurting anybody if they brought him in. But they also may not want to take reps away from some of the younger guys in practice, Jeff, who they want to expose to certain circumstances within the offense. You bring in mm -hmm. a veteran, you get him on the field now, Ramon. Now, all of a sudden, you're taking away opportunities from other guys. So, you know, that, that's a big part of the conversation when you weigh the pros and cons of bringing in another wide receiver. And as I mentioned, they've got plenty of veterans already in camp. Well, I, I want to win. I don't want to give nobody a, a, a young person a second chance. I waited a lot of seasons, and we haven't done nothing. Well, and so, I get that. But, you know, with Odell. Well, you but, know, but you, I think you're focusing a little too much on Odell, and appreciate the phone call, Ramon. Thanks so much for weighing in. You know, guys like Cody Latimer, guys like Benny Fowler, guys like Russell Shepard. You know, Russell Shepard's been on a lot of winning teams throughout his career, Jeff. You know, Latimer and Fowler are from Denver. They have a connection to Tyke Tolbert. So, you know, you're not talking about guys that, you know, just all of a sudden they're taking a chance on. And all of those players I mentioned were in the system last year and filled in when Odell was sidelined. Russell Shepard had two touchdowns. He had one in the Bears game where he caught from Beckham, and then he was in the Redskins game. Fowler had a touchdown in the Redskins game, Jeff, and Latimer flashed a little bit when he finally got off IR. So, you know, I, I think if you're the Giants, why would you throw those guys to the wayside? You're not. You're not. To take a flyer on a former Giant. It, it, it just, to me... It doesn't add up. There's not a lot of benefit yeah. to that. And it, it's listen, they, you, the fans they want him to see him back, and, and I get that. But yeah. time has to move on. You know. Well, and, and here's the other thing, and this is no shot against Victor Cruz, Jeff. When he came back from the leg injury, you know, Victor Cruz was not the Victor Cruz of old. No but, question. Let's face it. Good point. Okay, so you're not getting. Victor Cruz coming in, and he's now going to provide the skill set that Odell Beckham left behind. It's just, that's not going to happen. If you told me, Jeff, Victor Cruz comes in, he gives you something that the current wide receiver core doesn't, that vertical threat or something to that ability, not really. then I would listen. Yeah. But that, that to me is a pipe dream at yeah. this point. There's no question. Plus, you know what? The older you are, the more injuries come up. Exactly. I mean, it's like, yeah. and you know what? The Giants don't need another wide receiver right now, okay? They really don't. They, they're, they're happy with the people they have. They have good depth. They have good experience. And they have team, guys, like you said, they've been on the team last year that ran, that had some good games in there. So I'm just going to have to buy your time until Tate gets back. Pipe dream is an appropriate term. Why? Because it sets up beautifully our next caller. Speaking of pipe <laughs> dreams, nobody throws out more pipe dreams than our very own Charlie in Portland, Maine. What's hey, happening, yeah. Charlie? Hello, hey, Charles. Lance. How we doing? Hey, good. Hey, look. <laughs> the thing is, is what's the, when they say, oh, once a giant, always a giant? Well, that Why, doesn't, you know, yeah. Hold on a me, minute. To me, it's like, no, no, let me sprint this thing and say something. Yeah. Oh. I wanna, what I want to say is, look, if Jeff Spiegel decided that, you know, I think I can punt again and I want to try, who should be the first team to bring him in and at least try him out and say, okay, let's see what you got. It should be the New York Giants. The same with Victor Cruz, the same with the King Knicks, same with Will Beatty. Any ex-Giant who wants to play and are trying to get back into the league, once a Giant, always a Giant, they should at least bring them in and work them out. I don't say they have to sign them, but they should bring them in, do their due diligence, and see what they got. Not that easy, Charlie. 
It's not that easy. Then that, then that, that meaning of once a giant, no. always a giant oh, is BS. Charlie. That has it's nothing BS. to... No, that, that, that once a giant, always a giant has nothing to do with what you're talking about. It really does it. It's <laughs> and again a pipe dream. There you go. Come so, on, Charlie. So, so hold on. So, so Jeff, according okay, to no, no, hold on, Charlie. Now, now we're gonna talk okay. and you're gonna listen. Yeah. Okay. This is okay, how the show ahead. works. So Charlie's thought process, Jeff, just to get this straight, is that if there's a guy that played in the '60s for the Giants and all of a sudden wants to dust it, no, 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 let, 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 no, no, no. I'm gonna take it to the extreme, Charlie. I am because. Part of what you're saying is absolutely ridiculous, but we're used to it. So let's hash this out here, okay? Once a giant, right. always a giant is just like what the Raiders actually were showcasing on Hard Knocks last night. If you had an opportunity to fit that in your very busy schedule, I know you were scouting Will Beatty <laughs> and all offensive linemen. So didn't, but but on on Hard Knocks, hey, on Hard Knocks, about, no, so on Hard Knocks, okay, part of the programming last night they have an alumni dinner where they invite all the former Raiders back, Mark Davis, their owner, okay, and they had the phrase, once a Raider, always a Raider. Now, once a Raider, always a Raider doesn't mean that they're going to bring Tim Brown and Jerry Rice back, and they're going to have them run routes to see if Derek Carr needs an additional wide receiver. So it's no different than what's going on here in Giants land. No, but it's it's a lot different. I mean, these of players. Now, tell me uh, why it's Will a lot Beattie, different. Yes, let me Will sit back Beattie and listen to this. And Victor Cruz and Akeem Nix is going to play in the XFL. And and if they're saying, I, "Look, I want to play in this league again," and I think I can, to me, the team that should say, "Okay, you think you guys can play? Then I'll work you out and see what you got." Look, Eli played with uh, Nix in the off season. Why don't you ask Eli how Akeem Nix looked? You know. I mean, also I'm saying And is, Charlie, like, hold on. Do you know if those yeah. conversations took place? How do you know those conversations didn't take oh, place? Oh, you always say that, Lance, because they well, never take place. Well, no, but we find out later I'm they not, never talk. To all Lance I'm saying is you're you're operating. And you guys were saying, how do you know they didn't? Well, talk all I'm about saying is you're operating under the premise that those conversations didn't happen, or Eli may have not said in passing, hey, so-and-so looks good, or hey, so-and-so doesn't necessarily well, look good. Well, they didn't act on it, did they yet? Well, because do they you... didn't bring them in. Charlie, do you really think that the scouting department for the Giants is not doing their due diligence in looking across the league and the <laughs> waiver wire every day to determine if they can upgrade the roster? Do you really think that every NFL team doesn't do that? What they think is upgrading the roster, and what I think is upgrading the roster, well, you know what? It's, different things. But you know what? For the sake of the Giants franchise and the well-being and the rest <laughs> of our God listeners, thank God they don't listen to yeah. you, and they actually have a different <laughs> hey, philosophy. So actually, okay, they're doing the reason, their due diligence in that regard. Okay, the reason I really called is... <laughs> oh, look, oh, we didn't get to the we, real reason. Why huh? do we have such a lack of depth at a tackle? Now, this is what's going to happen. You got Well, Wheeler we know one guy been, that can solve that depth problem. Right? Mahalik hasn't been practicing. Big George has got a concussion. Well, hold so on. Mahalik we... and Wheeler have been practicing. Recently, they've been banged up, and they've been sidelined. They so haven't been sidelined since the who's beginning of camp. play the, the, the preseason game? Are we going to keep Soldier well, and, and Reamers in there and let them have a chance of getting injured? Charlie, what's we, your— All what's... we have for backups is Adams and this guy Slay, who's a— Guard, he isn't even a tackle. Is Paul, that what we're doing? Paul Adams got some work in practice the other day at left tackle. Uh, Malcolm Bunchy, who they brought in, is another option at guard slash tackle. So some of those guys, Nick Gates is probably going to get work at guard. Hal Hunter spoke very highly of him, and right now he's listed as third on the depth chart. Yeah, they're going to want to take a look at these guys. But Charlie, look, Charlie, are you are you busy? Are you busy Daniel tomorrow? Jones out there. If you're going to put Daniel Jones out there and you're going to say, well, we have to give him the first offensive line, so that means you've got to keep Solder in and you've got to keep Reimers in, and, and what's the chance of them getting injured? They shouldn't even be playing this first uh, preseason game. And, and what I'm saying is they're, they, they should have brought in a couple of veteran tackles, especially when three of them went down. You know, now we're going to have to play the ones longer than they should be playing and if they get and you know every jet preseason game something horrible happens one giant goes down for the whole year it happens almost every time we play him well tell the person to put the voodoo doll down finally charlie <laughs> i mean that's my response to you hold, hold on let me let me just backpedal here and jeff sure. i'm curious your perspective too because i think we've heard enough of charlie so we need to bring the insight back to normal. When, when Charlie throws out the concern about, and I'm not saying it's an invalid point. I, I get his concern. If you're going to put Daniel Jones out there, you'd want it to be with some established offensive You want it to be, yeah. You want it. But I, I don't think that 
there is any crime in if they do put some of the backups in with Daniel Jones. Yeah, you don't want to maybe bring a guy in off the street who just came. No. But it, if they understand that this offensive lineman knows the offense and he's been rotated in with the second team, because Daniel Jones has been getting all his reps, by the way, with the second team, I don't think that that is necessarily a precarious spot to put Daniel Jones in. Yeah, but we don't have our second string uh, tackles in there. Is Wheeler going to play? Well, we don't know. We don't know. We we do not know at this point. Maybe Wheeler does play. And hasn't been playing either. So we're going to have the third or fourth string guy, Adams and Slade, who's a guard, and you're going to throw them in there? It's ridiculous. You should have had a couple of veterans in camp. It's it's so inept. They got they got depth in every other position, cornerback, running back, but tackle? No, we never have it. They have it at guard. Tackle? Nah, we don't need tackle. What is wrong with Gettleman? I don't get it. And you're going to see tomorrow night what I'm talking about. So that's all I got to say. Guys. All right. Good Thanks. to hear from you, Charlie. Listen, yeah, thank you, Charlie. if you can get in a car and... Head to MetLife Stadium. They'd be more than happy to suit you up, Charlie. Uh, maybe yeah. they add a, a last-minute roster addition and well, put you out there at left tackle if you're that concerned. Well, just remember, too, left and right tackles are hard to come by. They're not, you know, you just... Very difficult. Yeah. Okay, and veteran ones especially. And veterans cost you money. Veterans cost you money. And I know that Charlie's sitting there wants to call back and say, but you got to have the depth and play the vet. They're not as, there's not that many of them around. In my opinion, you just can't go out and you know and find those types of guys and still stay under the salary cap. The, the minimum salary for some of these veteran guys are they're you know it's a lot of money. So I and I understand they're in a precarious position here, but their guys are they're getting hurt. But I, I also feel that and Gettleman will tell you this and Shermer will tell you this that the guys that we have here in camp we believe are our best football players and they need to step up and play when they're expected to play. If not, they'll be out of here and then they'll go find another guy. And I also find it hard to believe, Jeff, they're watching these offensive linemen in practice every day. If Daniel Jones is out there behind some of the backups, it's because they have confidence that those guys know their assignments and are going to be able to protect the quarterback. I I think that they understand priority number one and then some is to protect their franchise quarterback of the future. I don't think they would expose him based on Charlie's concerns. Well, it will be an interesting test because the Jets defense is pretty good and I don't know what their depth position is like, but um, you know, Williams will come in here with an elaborate scheme as far as practice, as far as preseason goes, but you know, he likes to blitz. Um, That's part of just who he is. And they have that team, that, that Jets defense being very aggressive. That's the type of defenses that, that Williams has put together in his career. It's very aggressive, cocky, mean defenses, and they're going to go up against a good, a good test tomorrow. So it'll be good to see. And by the way, that's what you want to see in these games. You want competition. You said it, Lance. These guys are tired of hitting the same guys every single day. Okay, And so are the coaches in the, in the organization tired of seeing them practice against each other every day. They want some new blood in there. They want to get some evaluational tools to be able to go in and say and build this roster. I'm telling you, this roster is 90% put together, folks. The other 10% are special teams guys and guys that maybe not, aren't even here. They're looking at other, other guys around the league, like the one caller had said. Are they going to bring in six guys this year? You know what? They might bring in four new tackles, Charlie. Who knows? I want to get to one or two more tweets before we wrap up the program. At Adam Carl 13 do the Giants pay Corey Coleman's salary, or is that money freed up now since he's on IR? Injured reserve players count against the cap. They so do. to answer your question, they do not all of a sudden shed that salary and now can use it on another player. That's more of a reason why, as Jeff, you noted, you have to think about, okay, the remaining cap space that you have, you're going to need to use it for all 16, 17 weeks Mm -hmm. remaining in the season. That's why you don't go on a shopping spree during the course of training camp and just bring in anybody because if you're not going to wind up keeping them, Jeff, on the 53-man roster, it defeats the purpose when you could use that money to bring in guys, God forbid, somebody suffers an injury down right. the road. Maybe one or two other guys. Exactly. So. And uh, at Oceanville, Odell did play in the Bears game, Lance. He threw the touchdown to Russell Shepard. Yes, and then I said Russell Shepard also caught the touchdown in the Redskins game, which Odell Beckham uh, did not play, if memory serves me correct. I, I could bring up the schedule before we wrap it up. I don't think he was in that game, Jeff. Uh, that was the game where obviously they ran over the Washington Redskins and the Redskins had all the injuries. But let me just 
factor in whether or not that was one of the final four games. I think the schedule you may be looking at, Jeff, is the 2019 it is. schedule. It is. It's That's why I just want to backpedal here. There. Yeah, the Washington game was week 14. Odell missed the last four. The, right. the Redskins game, the Titans game, the Colts game, the Cowboys game. That's right. So he was not in that game. That was the game that Shepard caught his second touchdown. Yes, he was there the previous week for the Bears game, but my bigger point was Shepard when his number was called upon, Jeff, he, he made plays. Yep. Fowler and Cody Latimer, to a lesser degree, but those guys made plays, and I think the Giants have confidence that if called upon again this season, that those guys are at least reliable options. Correct. So that is going to wrap us up here on the latest edition of Big Blue Kickoff Live. As always, it is presented by Coors Light. We are going to be back up and running tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern. We'll continue to set the stage for preseason game number one. And we will also take your phone calls. And Jeff and I are going to be on 660 a.m. on Thursday starting at 6.05 p.m. Eastern with the pregame show. So you can catch that as we get you set for the first preseason game from MetLife Stadium. All right. I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. All right. Finally, football is here, folks. So tomorrow night, join us at 6, 6 o'clock. 6.05. 6.05. But if you start tuning in at 6, it's a good Tom Coughlin start. Five, Five minutes, minutes early. early. That's right. You might, you, hear, you might hear Fits some CBS theme. news before that, but you know what? <laughs> hey. Then you got the pregame coming up. There you go. For Jeff Fegels, I'm Lance Biddle. Enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, and always stay locked to Giants.com. Have a good one.